Welcome to the Connect Your Health to Life coaching podcast. I'm your host, Seth Lusk. I'm a master certified self-image coach and empowered health coach with a decade-long background working in the health and wellness industry. If you're anything like me or the clients that I work with, then you're probably struggling with body image, self-image, or confidence issues. You're probably also trying to figure out why it is that you have these amazing desires for living your healthiest and most fulfilling life, but you can't seem to create consistent actions in your life to reflect those desires. So join me as we dive in deep on what it means to live a fulfilled and authentic life. We're going to look from the perspective of an empowered mindset and uncover reasons why you might be what's holding yourself back from living your most fulfilling life. I'm going to break through some of the biggest illusions and myths that we've all been taught to believe along the way. And I'm so excited to have you with me on this journey. So my only question for you is, are you ready to start living your most authentic and fulfilling life once and for all? Then let's get started, shall we? Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. For those of you listening in for the first time, welcome, welcome. It is episode number 44. So excited about that. I love the number 44. 4 is one of my lucky numbers. So the number 44 is just doubly good for me. So super excited to be at episode number 44. And I'm super excited about this topic and that you all chose to tune in this week because my friends, I'm going to say it again this week, you picked an interesting topic to tune in on. We're talking about fear this week, my friends. Everyone's favorite word. I know you all are so looking forward to this. Those of you who've been listening in on social media this week, on my Facebook group or on Instagram, or, you know, I know you're in high gear about, oh, yes, let's talk fear. Let's talk about being afraid. Oh, guys, actually, I want you to get excited about fear. Fear is one of our most misunderstood emotions in in humans, and It's been abused, it's been misused, it's been weaponized throughout history, and today we have a ton of information to get through. So this is going to be a long episode. Take your time listening. If you need to pause and come back later, that's fine. This is actually going to be a two-part episode because one of the fears we're going to talk about today, I'm doing an entire episode on it by itself. We're going to briefly touch on it today, and then next week I'm going to come back and I'm going to focus in on this one particular fear that I think today, in this day and age, it's a fear that is really crippling for so many people. So I'm going to make an entire episode just about that fear. And some of you might be scratching your heads and being like, how can fear be a good thing? Then tune in, because I'm about to show you, my friends, how fear is one of your biggest and most loving friends, okay? I know that most of you, when you think of fear, you get that feeling in your stomach and you just want to run away, or you want to hide from it, or you want to avoid it, or you want to lash out and get rid of it as fast as possible. But I'm going to say it again, you all, fear is the most misunderstood emotion in humans. And as I said, throughout history, I'm talking religions, leaders, um, governments, societies, whole entire countries have weaponized fear and turned it into something that we're all afraid of. And the worst damage that has been done is that we have learned how to weaponize our own fear against ourselves. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to clear up how you might be using your own fear as a weapon against yourself and being able to create your most fulfilling life. 
and being able to take 100% aligned and guided and aware action towards your goals and how fear can actually be used as one of your biggest tools in this area. My friends, when fear is used as a reaction to create action, so what I mean by that is when we use fear either within ourselves or we try and create fear in a circumstance or that other people fear fear, feel fear in order to react to it, it creates fast action. And so I think this is why a lot of governments, a lot of um, countries, a lot of leaders, a lot of religions, a lot of societies have used fear as their tool to create action because it does create fast action. But here's the thing, my friends. Fear is like any other tool. And when it's misused, in other words, when we react to it versus leaning in and responding to what it's there to tell us, that any action taken is going to be misguided, misaligned, unaware, and temporary. Any changes will be temporary. So yes, my friends, you heard me right. Fear is a powerful tool. It's actually one of our most powerful allies in our journey through this life. And when we choose to lean in and understand it, Fear becomes something that makes us unstoppable. Fear becomes one of our most loving gifts to ourselves, and it can never be weaponized again once you see this. Okay? So let's start off by defining what fear is. Fear is an emotion that is caused by the thought of threat of harm, danger, or pain. And I want you to pay attention to the fact that fear is an emotion. Emotions are created by thoughts and beliefs. 100 slash 1000 percent of the time. So 100 percent of the time, emotions are caused by thoughts or beliefs. And any of you who struggle with seeing that or believing that, my friends, that's what I'm here for as a coach is to show you that because your greatest power is in being able to see that and live that truth. And if you don't believe me, let's have a conversation. I invite the conversation. All emotions that we experience come from thoughts or beliefs, not from a circumstance. Okay. And the emotion of fear stems from a thought or a belief that there is threat of harm, danger, or pain. And today what I want to do is look at 10 of the most common fears that I see people experiencing and using in their life to keep them from going after their goals or dreams or creating a proactive, fulfilling life. As a coach, I hear these fears all of the time. I mean, literally all of the time. Even when I'm not coaching, I hear people just talking and I hear these fears coming up. And I see the effects of people misunderstanding these fears and not understanding them at all and simply just reacting to their fear, and therefore creating these cycles in their life of suffering and feeling stuck and disempowered. So what I want to use this episode today for is to talk about these 10 really common fears. And my friends, this is not an exhaustive list. So if you have another fear that you feel you see a pattern similar to some of these fears that I'm going to mention today, if you notice another fear in your life that you're using in one of these ways to hold yourself back, this is not an exhaustive list. Reach out. I'm here to help you. I'm here to help you unpack that fear and lean into it as your best friend. Okay? So 
I want to talk about these fears today, and what I want to do is help you begin to see the illusion behind the fear that you're buying into that's keeping you a prisoner to your fear, that's keeping you in these cycles of being a victim in your own life, and creating emotional suffering, and creating disempowerment. So here are 10 of the most common fears that I encounter with my clients that I see holding them back from living a fulfilling life. All right, we've got a lot, like I said, a lot to go through today, so stick with me here. Fear number one is fear of rejection, okay? So fear of rejection is a fear that almost all of us face at some point in time. Some of us face it earlier in life and some not until later in life. It is a fear with roots in our desire for acceptance. All humans want to feel accepted. We do. It's part of our nature. We want to feel accepted. But there's an illusion here. And we're going to get to that here in a second. People who face this fear have not yet learned to establish their unconditional self-acceptance. Or they're just not practicing their unconditional self-acceptance actively. So here's the first part of the illusion of this fear. Is that people think that acceptance is something that they have to experience outside of them. And they lean on that exterior acceptance as being their source of acceptance in life. But my friends, the only acceptance that we truly feel is when we choose to accept ourselves. Even if another person accepts us, we don't feel it until we accept their accepting of us. Have you ever met a person that, you know, people tried to make friends with them, tried to be nice to them, tried to accept them into their group, but they didn't accept themselves so much that they didn't allow themselves to be a part of that group because they didn't believe that they were accepted, even though the people in the group were willing to accept them. This is what I'm talking about here. Acceptance is something that you can only create in yourself. Even if someone is trying to accept you outside of you, that's not the acceptance you feel. So if you have not figured out how to generate self-acceptance, You won't ever feel accepted, even if other people try to accept you. Okay? Fear, and and here's the other part of this. Fear of rejection is going to convince you not to try something that may cause you to stand out. Something that you genuinely want to do that may cause you to stand out. Or that keep you from taking a path that is different from what your friends took, or your family took, or someone close to you that you admire took, or to do something that is not so popular. Fear is going to ask you, no, don't do that, even though you want to, even though it is a genuine desire that you want to do in life, a true internal genuine desire. And what you fear is that this action that you want to take will cause these people in your life that are close to you or that you admire to be unaccepting of you. Fear of rejection will convince you that if you try this something that you want to do, that these people close to you that you love and respect, will turn their back on you and reject you for doing what is true for you because they might not like it. And I get it. Feeling like this is a possibility can feel scary. But here's the illusion here again. The only rejection that you can feel comes from one source, and that's yourself. Other people can reject you, but if you do not believe in that rejection and you see that they are not truly rejecting you, they're just unable to fully see and understand you, then guess what? You don't feel rejected, even if people choose to reject you. But when you believe that this rejection is valid, 
And that a part of you that this other person is not understanding or not fully seeing is somehow something bad, wrong, or something about you that should be rejected, then guess what? You choose to reject that part of yourself. And that rejection, that is the rejection that you feel, not the rejection from the other person. The rejection that you feel is a choice to believe in a thought that part of you is either not acceptable, not good enough, or is bad, and therefore is rejected or rejectable. Your feeling of rejection does not come from the other person. It comes from your own chosen thoughts and beliefs about you. I want you to truly begin to see that here. And this is not for blame. This is because I want you to re-empower yourself here. Because if you're the one rejecting yourself and causing that rejecting feeling, guess who gets to stop the rejecting feeling? You do, my friend. You do. No one else gets to stop it. So here is why this is so important to see. When you choose to not do something that is important to you, because of this fear of rejection, then here's the second part of this illusion. What you are actually doing here is you are, feel, you are fearing the feeling of rejection from someone else rejecting you, even though it's your own rejection that you feel. And because you don't want to feel rejected, you don't take the action that you want to take. So when you choose to not do that something that you want to do, that is a genuine desire of yours, that is a part of you and your mission here in life. When you choose to not do it because of this fear of rejection, you are choosing to go ahead and reject that part of yourself and reject that thing that is important to you ahead of time. So do you know what you feel when you do this? You feel rejection. You may not pay attention to that because a lot of times when people do this, what they usually do is they immediately follow up the rejection of themselves with some sort of numbing behavior like drinking, eating, watching television, getting on their phone and playing a game, something to distract them. So you may not recognize even that you feel rejected after you reject yourself, but I want you to lean in and notice that when you choose to not do something out of fear of rejection that you genuinely want, want to do, you feel rejected anyways because you chose to reject yourself ahead of time. Think about that. You're not doing something important to you because you fear a feeling, that feeling being rejection. So what you are choosing to do to avoid feeling rejected is you are choosing to feel rejected. Pay attention there. This is how the illusion of fear will trap you in cycles in your life that you don't truly want to be in. And you will feel rejected constantly by yourself over and over and over again. And then the numbing behaviors come in and you start overeating, start over drinking, start over porning, start over drugging, alcoholing, whatever it might be. So I want you to pay attention there and lean in. All right, second fear. The second big fear that I see people using against themselves to keep them from going after their goals is fear of failure. We live in this society that is obsessed with outcomes and trying to control them and being obsessed with failure. So, 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 so many people live in fear of failure about so many areas of their life. And there's such a simple solution that we're all overlooking. People are afraid of Will they be a good kid? Will they be a good student? Will they be a good friend? Will they be a good person? Will they be a good adult, a good professional, a good business owner, a good spouse, a good parent? The list goes on and on and on. And with everything that these people are worrying about being good at, there is a fear of failing at it. And what I want to say 
And what I want you to begin to see here is that the main reason that we're fearing failure is that our definition of failure is completely skewed. It's completely skewed, my friends. It's so far off base from what failure actually is. We see what is actually the learning process and we label it as failure. And that screws up so many people's lives. It starts in school or even before school. But our education system in almost every first world country that I've ever heard of is failure-based. And we teach kids at such a young age such a messed up definition of failure. You might be confused here, so let me explain. Okay, we see that when we try something and we get a different result than what is intended or what is expected or that we a different result than what we want to get, we see that as failure. But what I want to say, and I want you to listen in so closely here and let this in between your ears and let it stay there. This is not, it is not failure. It's not. This is how humans have learned throughout the history of humanity. This is called learning. Doing something, getting a different result than anticipated is called learning. That's what that is. Stop calling it failure. Stop saying, I failed a thousand times. Maybe I'll get it right this time. You haven't failed a thousand times. You've learned a thousand times. Okay? Stop calling that failure because that is not failure. This is how humans learn. It's how we have always learned. It's how we will always learn. And the sooner you can see that, the sooner you can let go of this illusion. But we only allow ourselves to see this in hindsight. We only allow ourselves to see that process is learning after we've achieved the result. Then we see that all of of those times that we didn't achieve the result we wanted was just learning. But we don't allow ourselves to see that while we are in the process of learning. We only allow ourselves to see it after. After we've achieved the result. And we're being so cruel to ourselves and so unfair to ourselves and stopping so many brilliant minds and people in this world from taking powerful actions that would create solutions that would blow our effing minds if we would stop seeing learning as failure. This disallowance to see that is what causes people to choose to fail. And I want you to hear that. Yes, I said that, choose to fail. And you might be like, why the hell would I choose to fail, Seth? Failure is not something that happens to you. It is a choice that has to be made. Failure cannot happen to you. You only fail if you choose to fail, period. Let that sink in. And I'm going to explain to you why here. Failure only happens when you make the decision to stop trying, to stop taking action towards the intended result. That is failure. Let me say that again. Failure only happens when you choose to stop taking actions towards your intended result. Failure is only something that you can choose. Let that be with you. Sit with that. Let it be with you. Believe it because that is the truth. Failure is a choice that has to be made. And when you see your own learning process as failing over and over again, and then you start judging yourself for it and saying, I failed, I failed, I failed. What typically happens is that you will choose to actually fail by choosing to give up because what's the point, right? So what I want to say here is that 
you truly, at your deepest core, will want to start changing your definition of failure now. And I mean like right now, as in like, it should have been changed yesterday. (laughs) Change it now. I'm telling you, my friends, do yourself a favor and change your definition of failure and start practicing seeing that new definition of failure every day. The new definition of learning every day. Let that sink into your subconscious beliefs so that you recognize your true learning process and stop calling that failure. Failure only happens when you choose to give up. And when you can start seeing this ahead of time, you're going to allow yourself to actually go through your learning process and become unstoppable in taking action. So I want you to stop only allowing yourself to see it in hindsight. Stop only allowing yourself to see your learning process once you've achieved the result. Stop doing that to yourself. Okay, so failure only occurs when you choose to stop trying. And you can only stop trying by choice, not by circumstance. And yes, that means even in death. Even after you die, the learning process of what you were learning up until death, it continues and the torch gets passed on to someone else who who will continue where you left off. So even death cannot create failure. It's only by choice. You chose to keep learning until the day you died, so you never failed. You never failed. You were in constant learning until your body no longer exists. But even if no one ever picks up that torch and continues your, the learning that you were learning, you are no longer here. So you did not fail because you never chose to stop trying You kept learning. Let that illusion of fear go away, or that illusion of failure go away. So the illusion with this fear is is this. Failure is not a circumstance that happens. It is a choice to stop trying new ways, new routes, new methods. Failure cannot happen to you. You have to choose it. So if you do not want to do something, or you choose to not do something out of fear of failing, guess what? You just chose to fail. (laughs) So the very thing that you feared happening, if you took action, you just chose to do it. So you feared feeling like a failure, but then you chose to actually take on the label of failure here. So the, the solution here is simply this. Lean in. Recognize that fear is simply there to remind you of something. That you cannot fail as long as you choose to keep seeing your journey as constant growth and learning. And start seeing that this fear is actually stemming from you choosing to believe ahead of time that you won't keep learning and moving forward. That fear is guiding you to see your own limiting beliefs. It's your friend. That's what it wants to show you. And once you see those limiting beliefs, you can feel excited about learning and your growth through the journey ahead. What I like to do is remind myself every time, I never fail. I never fail. When I'm in a tough position and I've been trying something over and over and I haven't gotten the result I wanted yet, I keep reminding myself this, this is what I say. I never fail. I either win or I learn. And when I learn, I win. So I can only win as long as I keep choosing not to give up. I say that to myself all of the time. And it reminds me to just keep my course, keep stepping forward, keep coming up with new solutions, new ideas. Fear of failure will convince you to choose failure before you take action. That is the illusion that you want to see through by leaning into this fear. And here, what that fear is really saying is, hey, I'm here to remind you that you're not taking a step right now. You're choosing that because of something that you believe about yourself. So choose another belief that serves you to take this step. Because right now, you're choosing to fail at this. So take the step and you've got this. 
Imagine that fear speaking to you because that's what it's trying to tell you. Okay? So the next fear, fear of uncertainty. Fear of uncertainty runs deep in our biology. So it's probably one of the most uncomfortable illusions to break through for most people. And here's why. <laughs> our primitive brain is actually designed to reward us for seeking comfort. And to our primitive brain, certainty equals comfort. Here's why. Because to your primitive brain, anything that keeps you alive is comfortable to it because that's your brain's job. Your brain sees anything that is unfamiliar as being something that could possibly kill you. And it sees things that are familiar that you've done before, that it's collected evidence for that, that you can do this. It thinks, when we do this, we're able to stay alive. Your brain sees the things that you're familiar with as comfort and certainty of life itself. And remember, that's your brain's only job, is to try to help you keep you alive. But also remember that your brain is simply a tool. It's not you. It does not run you unless you don't run it. It's not you. It's not who you are. So if you know this, then you can now begin to start using your brain as a tool for you. It doesn't use you as a tool for it. Okay? So when you know that your brain is, it just wants to keep you alive. Then you can begin to see why, when you want to do new things, <laughs> your brain's going to throw... Have you ever been in the grocery store and you see a mom with her kid and the kid throws itself on the floor and starts screaming bloody murder because, I don't know, the mom didn't let it take a, them take a lollipop off of the shelf or something or didn't let them eat something or didn't buy their favorite food or candy or something. And I mean, they are in the middle of the floor screaming kicking, they become this, somehow this 20-pound child becomes this 500-pound deadweight being in the middle of the floor that cannot be picked up. This is what your brain does <laughs> every time you try to do something new. Your brain will start throwing an all-caps rage temper tantrum of, no, stop it, don't do it. <laughs> and I'm telling you, it won't just stop there. It's going to pull out all of the biochemical, hormonal, and body responses that you're going to perceive unless you know what's happening as uncomfortable, you're going to perceive it as uncomfortable and a sign of danger, and you might even perceive it as a possible sign that you're going to die. Your brain truly thinks that it's trying to keep you alive by convincing you that you will die if you do this new thing that, feels un that it feels uncertain about. I want you to recognize that, because when you begin to see that, you can use your brain as a tool for you versus it using you as a tool for it, okay? The only way past that is to start taking those uncomfortable actions until the brain begins to collect evidence of, oh, okay, so when we do that, we don't die. Okay, that's not so bad. And then maybe next time it thinks, okay, that's not so bad. Yeah, I think maybe we can do that and it's not so dangerous after all. And then you keep doing it and then it starts to collect evidence of, actually, you know what, we're, we're quite good at this. I think we can keep doing this safely and comfortably. This, this is a new staying alive thing. This is how your mind works, but it won't do that for you. You have to, you have to remember that your mind is a tool and you have to actively choose to teach it, to collect evidence that the new things that you want to do to go after your goals in life aren't going to kill you. You have to tell it to collect that evidence. It's not going to do it for you. Okay. So here's the illusion into this fear that will help you see through the fear of uncertainty. Even if you keep doing everything that's comfortable for you and don't do anything new to go after your goals in life, uncertainty still exists. My friends, life is life and human beings, we live in life. Being a human being means that you are choosing to participate in life until we die. 
So, as long as you're here on this planet, please begin to empower yourself with the knowledge that you are choosing to be one of the most, excuse my language, badass things on this planet, okay? You're a human. So, with that awareness and that acceptance, I want you to start actively choosing your badassery to show up in this life being life. And part of that life being life is that there is chaos. There is uncertainty. We can't predict everything in life. So what I want to say here with this is this. Even if you choose to only do what is familiar for you, what is comfortable for you, then guess what? Uncertainty still exists. So you never avoid it. It's always just part of life. Like I said, we can't know and predict everything. And here again, reacting to this fear will have you choosing to feel what you fear ahead of time. And you might be thinking, well, Seth, if I choose to not do anything uncertain, I'm not choosing uncertainty. It's just life being life, and I'm willing to accept that, but I'm not willing to actively do something that is uncertain. Okay, that's part of the illusion here. Because here's the thing. The moment that you choose that belief, you already chose something uncertain. Because here is the truth. That action that you are uncertain about the outcome of Guess what? You just chose to be permanently uncertain about it. It could be an amazing outcome. It could be an outcome that would prepare you to handle something else uncertain in life later. It could be an outcome that ensures you survive something unforeseen in life. But here's the thing. You just chose to permanently be uncertain by choosing not to ever find out. And yeah, sure, you can catastrophize all of the possibilities of the outcome and be like, well, if I try this and this and this could possibly happen, so it's actually safer for me not to try. But here's the thing. If you choose not to try, catastrophe can happen anyways. It can happen that way too. Here's a way forward that I want you to try. I want you to ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen if you don't try? And I guarantee you, you can come up with a whole list of things that are a catastrophe by you not trying. One of the worst things that can happen is never knowing what would happen if you try. Never letting yourself try. That's actually the worst thing. So my friends, not taking action doesn't eliminate the chance of catastrophe. Basically what you're doing is you're just choosing one list of possible catastrophes and saying, that's the list I pick. Either choosing to take action or not take action, either one has a 50-50 possibility of great or catastrophe. They both have it. So either one you choose, there's catastrophe. It's a possibility. And if we're being honest, it's also how you choose to see what happens that decides whether or not it's actually a catastrophe for you or if it's a growth and learning experience. So fearing uncertainty and therefore choosing to not take action because you're uncertain of the outcome, you choose to be in constant uncertainty about the outcome anyways because you won't let yourself take action. So to avoid uncertainty, you've now chosen ahead of time, to live in permanent uncertainty. And yes, I use the word permanent there. And you might be like, well, how do you know it's going to be permanent? Remember this. Part of you knows that you chose not to go after your goal or your dream. Part of you knows that you chose that. And that part of you also knows that you still want to do it. That doesn't go away. It will stay there in the background, constantly reminding you of that uncertainty that you never took the step and you're still uncertain about what would happen. And it will keep reminding you that you have not avoided uncertainty at all. In fact, you just picked it. You just picked uncertainty. So what I want to ask you is don't let the fear of uncertainty convince you to choose to live in permanent uncertainty. 
Okay? Next fear, fear of missing out. And my friends, fear of missing out is such a common fear. And it's actually very similar to the fear of uncertainty. It's actually fear of uncertainty kind of plays into the fear of missing out. Here, the fear of uncertainty is the uncertainty of what could happen if you chose something else. There are actually three separate fears of uncertainty going on here. The first one is on being uncertain of what you truly want in life. The second is the fear of uncertainty of what will happen when you choose an action, and if that result will be a result that you'll be happy with. The third is a fear of uncertainty of the hypothetical other possibilities of actions that you could take of whether or not the outcomes of those actions would be outcomes that you will be happier with. So the basic gist of this illusion here is that fear of missing out will have you choosing to miss out on something that you're wanting to do ahead of time, for fear of missing out on something else hypothetically. Until you lean into the fear, if you react to it, then you will just keep choosing this outcome over and over again, choosing to miss out on something, the something that you actually want to do. And my friends, this is the fear that I was talking about at the beginning of the podcast that I'm going to do an entire episode on because this fear runs so deep and it runs so rampant today in our society. This fear of missing out. I see so many people stopping dead in their tracks and not doing anything that they want to do in life for fear of missing out. Not making plans with friends because they're afraid that better plans might possibly come up. I mean, I'm talking this fear keeps people in an immobile, depressed prison in their own life. And so I'm going to do an entire episode on this particular fear, the fear of missing out next week. Don't miss it because I've got a lot to say about this here, my friends. A lot. Okay, so moving on, next fear, fear of judgment. I've talked about judgment before in past episodes. Actually, probably every episode that I've ever put out has something about judgment in it. So you've probably noticed this word coming up and a theme to it in what I, what I talk about and what I teach. And what I want to say is if you notice that, awesome awareness, because guess what? It does keep coming up, and there's a huge reason why. The reason being that this is something that humanity has struggled with since the dawn of time, and we continue to struggle with it to this day. We continue to struggle with it because of the fear of judgment. And I know you might be like, wait, wait, wait. We're still struggling with the fear of judgment because of the fear of judgment. Yes, yes, we are. And therefore, we keep avoiding leaning into that fear and finding out the source of it and its illusions. See, here's the thing about judgment. It's the same as rejection. We don't feel judgment from other people. We only fear our own judgment of ourselves. That's it. So you might feel afraid of judgment. And of course you would. Who wants to feel judged harshly or feel inaccurately judged or as being bad or as being wrong at the core of who you are? No one wants to feel that. I I know no one wants to feel that. I don't want to feel that. I know no one listening to this episode wants to feel judged that way. The truth is... No person can ever actually judge who you are anyways, not at the core, because only you can truly know that. Everyone else around you, everyone else who sees you, children, even your own parents, parents, even your own children, all we're trying to do is figure out who people are based on their actions, the words they say, the energy that they give off, the things that they produce in life. And how we feel around them based on how we choose to see the world through our own lens of experience. So everyone around you is doing the same thing to you. They don't actually know who you are at the core. They're trying to figure that out. And people, we have learned this over and over again, 
Sometimes we are really horrible at figuring that out, and we are so inaccurate. So no one is actually capable of judging you, who you are at your core, except yourself. People are capable of judging what they think is you based on what I previously listed and based on how they choose to see the world and therefore how they're going to choose to see you. But those things aren't you. So what they're judging isn't even you. But even if, even if they were judging you, even if they could see exactly who you are and judge that, you still would not feel it. What you would feel if you feel judged When you think someone else is judging you is, again, your beliefs about yourself that are judgmental. They're your own judgments of yourself. I want to give you a metaphor, and I've used this before in past episodes, so if you've heard it before, stick with me here, because if you haven't, this is powerful. And it, it helped me when I was first trying to wrap my head around this weight. How can I only feel my own judgment? So this makes it so clear. In this metaphor, if you actually have purple hair, I just want you to change the color in this metaphor to a different color other than purple. I'm going to use purple for the sake of this metaphor because there aren't so many people in the world that have purple hair. So, And that's not to say that I think purple hair is bad. I actually used to have purple hair. So um, I'm choosing the color purple because it's not so common. So if I were to tell you, I hate your purple hair. I think it's disgusting. You should change it. It looks horrible on you. What thoughts do you have about your purple hair? What judgments do you feel about your purple hair? Probably none. Do you want to know why? Because you know that you don't have purple hair. Now, some of you without purple hair may be so into people-pleasing and judgment and worrying about yourself that you may still feel some judgment about that statement because you have not chosen to believe that you don't have purple hair Or, so therefore, anyone saying something about your hair being the color purple, you still may see it as possibly being that maybe there's something wrong with your hair that makes it look purple, and this is why the person sees it as purple um, and doesn't like your hair, and so you may still feel judged about your hair. But again, this is simply because you believe that it is reasonable that your hair could be perceived as purple, and that it could be something that is wrong with your hair that you need to fix about it. But again, the judgment you feel there comes from that thought or belief about your hair, not from the other person saying something about your purple hair. Now, for those of us who felt nothing judgmental about your hair when I said that I hate your purple hair and I think it's disgusting, do you want to know why? It's because you have not a single thought or belief that supports the fact that your hair could be perceived as purple. You don't have one. Or that you should want to change it to stop people from possibly perceiving it as purple. You don't have one belief that supports that. What you might believe instead is that the person telling you, or me in this case, something about your purple hair, you may be thinking, I think you should get an eye exam. (laughs) Maybe that's the thought you have. But what you don't feel is a judgment about your hair, even though the other person is passing judgment about your hair. And again... This is because the only judgment you can feel is your own. You are not having any judgment about your hair being purple. That's why you don't feel it. The only judgment you might have is concern for my eyesight. (laughs) So, I hope that's clear now for you. Let's move on to how we can lean into this fear and see through the illusion. Fear of judgment is a fear of feeling judged. 
let's be honest here. How often do we feel judged when we actually don't know what the other person is really thinking? We haven't asked him. We haven't talked to them. We just think that we know, oh, this person must be thinking this about me. And if you're being really honest with yourself, you probably do this quite often. Someone in the line at the grocery store, someone at a red light when you pull up that maybe just caught you picking your nose, or you think caught you picking your nose and you think now they're judging you. Someone um, who is standing in the grocery store line that you think is more fashionable than you might be looking at your clothes and thinking, oh, how unfashionable am I? But you have no idea what these people are thinking. So I want you to be honest with yourself here. How often you feel judged when you actually have no idea what the other person is thinking? So the fear of feeling judged, not is it's the fear of feeling... The fear that you have is of feeling judged, not actually being judged. Because you can feel judged when someone's not actually judging you. And actually, you feel judged even when people are judging you because it's actually you judging you. Both situations, it's you judging you that you feel. Okay, so we've established that. We've established that the fear here is feeling judged and that the the only place that judgment comes from is from you. So... If you choose to not do something that you genuinely want to do because of fear of judgment, then what you're doing is telling yourself that if you do this thing that's important to you, then you have beliefs about what you might look like, how you might seem or appear, or the type of person that you might be perceived as, and you are making judgments about those things. And you're telling yourself not to do this thing that you want to do for fear of feeling yourself making those judgments. That's the reality there. So out of fear of feeling yourself making those judgments, you judge yourself ahead of time. And then you even judge yourself as being too judgmental to not judge yourself if you did the thing that you want to do. So you're choosing to judge yourself about something or choosing to judge yourself as something that you don't like ahead of time. You're judging yourself as being too judgmental or that you're going to look bad for doing this thing that you want to do and you want to avoid being judged. So what I want you to see here is that in, in this fear, if you react to it, in the, the quest to escape judgment, what you're doing is actually choosing to feel judged. So here is the choice that breaks through that illusion. It's choosing ahead of time that you will not feel judged. And you're like, well, how do I choose that? It's really simple. If you recognize that you're the one creating the judgment in the first place, then you choose ahead of time that I won't make those judgments about myself. And if I start feeling like I'm starting to make these judgments about myself, I can find the source of those judgments, which is the belief or thought that I'm holding, and I will find my way through that judgment to love and compassion and move forward in the actions that I want to take, releasing that judgment from me. Recognizing that it's not one that is mine to carry. I don't have to carry it. And therefore not feeling judged. You have the power to both feel judged and to release it from yourself. Once you understand why you chose to judge yourself in the first place. And that the judgment that you're feeling is your own judgment. And then you find the wound that you're wanting to cover up or protect with that judgment. And release it. So the moral here is that... Avoiding doing something that you want to do for fear of judgment is really just you choosing to judge yourself ahead of time. So you're not avoiding it. All right, next fear. Fear of inadequacy. Fear of inadequacy is fear of, again, feeling inadequate. Although we may see it as as the fear of being inadequate. Let's define the word inadequate here. 
So inadequate means insufficient for a purpose, lacking the quality or quantity necessary for a purpose, unable to deal with a situation in life. Okay, this goes back to the theme of the fear of failure. Remember with the fear of failure that failure only occurs by choice. It is not something that happens to us. It also goes back to what I said about the difference between learning and failing. And remember that we only fail when we stop trying. So the same concept applies here with inadequacy. With inadequacy, what we fear is that inadequacy is a trait that we possess. Or that we don't possess a certain trait that therefore makes us inadequate. But here's the thing. With inadequacy, it's about the purpose and the chosen actions based on that purpose. It's not a trait that you can possess. You cannot be inadequate. And you might be wondering how, what, what in the world I mean. So you can choose to not take adequate actions. You can choose to not adequate, adequately develop skills in your life to accomplish the purpose of those actions. But you decide that, first of all. Not someone else. It's not a trait of yours. So it's not you being inadequate. It's you choosing not to develop your skills to an adequate level and not choosing to take adequate action. It doesn't make you inadequate as a character trait that you possess. This is the first hang-up or illusion that I see with this fear, and it traps people in feeling inadequate. For feel of fearing inadequate for fear of feeling inadequate. Sometimes it's really hard to say feel and fear right after each other <laughs> or the other way around. So, anyways, um, you have to remember you decide the purpose of your actions based on your values and what is important for you to create. You decide that ahead of time. And then you choose to stick with that until you have adequately developed the skills that you have to an adequate level that accomplishes your intended purpose. But my friends, you are not ever inadequate. You can only choose to not take the adequate action or choose to not develop adequate levels of skills to accomplish the purpose that you chose. If your skills do not achieve the purpose the first time you take action, guess what? Your action just taught you what skills you can practice at and develop to be more efficient or more effective to be able to act with those skills again in a way that will achieve your desired purpose. So your action didn't prove that you are inadequate. Your action showed you the skills that you want to sharpen and practice to accomplish your purpose. You learned that by taking the action. You only choose to see yourself as inadequate once you choose to say, so here is where my current practice level is at with these skills. And in order to achieve my purpose, I would have to practice them until I reach this level of efficiency or effectiveness with those skills. But I'm going to go ahead and choose to see myself as not worth practicing those skills. Or that my purpose is not worth practicing these skills. So I will just leave my skills here, as they are, see them as concrete in their current level, and not take action towards my intended purpose, and I will call myself inadequate for choosing that. <laughs> I want you to re That's literally what you're saying to yourself here. Maybe not in so many words, and you may not recognize that you're saying your this to yourself, but this is the message you're sending. The solution here, again, is to lean into the area where you feel feeling inadequate and define your purpose in that area. Find what skills you want to use to accomplish that purpose and then find which skills you feel like will, you will want to practice in order to become more efficient or more effective with those skills and then practice them to the level where they will be adequate to serve your purpose. And if you do that until the day you die... 
you were never inadequate. You were constantly growing and developing those skills. So at no point in time did you reach the concrete state of being inadequate. If you are constantly evolving your skills, then at no point in time can you be inadequate. So there's no point in choosing to feel as such ahead of time. Seeing this truth here allows you to take action and choose ahead of time not to feel inadequate. You get to choose that. To just keep taking action. See, okay, so my skills are at this level. I want to achieve this purpose, so I will develop these skills to adequately achieve this purpose. So the moral here is that if you're avoiding taking action for fear of feeling inadequate, what you have chosen to do is to feel inadequate. Okay? Are you noticing a theme here? Fear will cause you to do the thing that, exa that is exactly what you fear doing. Okay, so the next fear is fearing that something bad will happen or that you will get physically hurt. This fear is one that has a slightly different approach to seeing its illusion. At least as far as from the ones that we've looked at so far today. So the reason why is because typically speaking, the fear of this happening actually comes along with and even from another fear. And it comes from the fear of judgment. Specifically, though, the fear of judgment by comparison. Now, you might be wondering how the fear of something bad happening to you or getting hurt could have to do with fear of judgment by comparison. So let me explain this because this, this goes a bit deep here. Usually when you're afraid of doing something, where you're afraid that something bad might happen, either that you might get hurt or that someone else might get hurt or something around you might get damaged, what you're fearing is your ability to act in that situation in a way that you trust yourself to not cause damage to either yourself or others or the things around you. This goes back to the fear of inadequacy. You fear that you lack the adequate skills to keep you, others, or your surroundings safe or intact. But as in the fear of inadequacy, you are not inadequate until you choose to label yourself inadequate and stop choosing to develop your skills. The same concept applies here. But before we get there, let's look at the tag-along fear here, the fear of judgment by comparison. Okay, so the truth is that if we went to do something with our action, where the action could cause damage to either things around us or people around us or to ourselves, then we would start slow. That's how we would start if no one was around. We would look at exactly the step we know comfortably that we can take safely enough for our acceptance and then start there. Okay, so we know that step that we're willing to take that feels safe enough for us and we're willing to accept that. Then we see how we could expand that step just a little further to where there's still a little bit of uncertainty, still a little bit of risk of damage, but we feel like we have enough sovereignty over that risk to manage it and accept the possibility of it as being worth the result we would get from it. And so we would take that step. We see the outcome from it, and then we would learn from all parts of that outcome that we didn't want, and we would learn from that what we can do next time to prevent those outcomes and try and move more towards the outcome that we want, and then we try again. And we keep repeating until we get the result we want. Then we step up to that new boundary of security and safety, and we take another small, manageable risk step, and learn until we get the result, and so forth and so forth, until you get the end result that you want. But here's what ends up happening when we throw in the fear of judgment by comparison. We see the steps that we would want to take from where we truly are in our skills, and in order to manage the risk for ourselves in a way 
where the possible damage is worth the outcome to us, we see those steps as not being adequate enough in comparison to the steps that someone else is taking or has taken to try and either accomplish a similar or the same result that we're wanting to accomplish. So what happens is, is we compare someone else's skills and the steps that they're taking to achieve something either similar or the same as us, and we say, oh, if I'm not able to do that, then my next step is actually inadequate. So then what ends up happening is for fear of feeling inadequate, what we think we need to do is take a step that is not where we genuinely are in order to feel adequate enough by comparison. But that would mean that we would have to take a step that could cause damage as a result that we're not prepared to manage, and we've not developed the skills to manage, and therefore to us that damage is not worth what we would learn from taking that step, especially when the damage could be physical harm or even death. So I want to give an example here from a client of mine who's going to remain nameless. This client of mine um, was telling me about this story. They enjoyed BMX biking. The sport is fun, exciting, but it's also full of risk, tons of risk, risk of injury or even death. But here's the thing. When skills are honed and practiced, the BMX riders are able to do things with their body and their bike to mitigate these risks and manage the possibility of these risks and minimize them enough to where they feel the outcome of taking that risk is worth the risk for the experience that they would have and what they would learn from it. Now, My client was very new and young in the BMX world and still enjoyed this sport. And my client wanted to take part in this event. But this event involved doing something that involved a risk of it could be serious bodily injury, maybe even death if skills were not practiced enough and honed. This client went to the event and watched everyone. The event was going down this hill. And going down this hill, they would get their bike up to around somewhere around 60 kilometers per hour and then shoot up another hill and off a ramp on the other side. My client had never gone that fast on their bike before. They felt comfortable going maybe 30, 40 kilometers per hour on their bike and had never gone over that speed. So what ended up happening is my client stood there with their bike at the top of this hill and froze. My client never went down the hill on their bike. They stood there and watched everyone else do it. Now, the fear of injury or death was real here. It was a real possibility. But that wasn't the fear that was holding them back. That was the illusion. The fear that was holding them back was fear of judgment by comparison. Fear of feeling inadequate. You see, my client felt comfortable going around 40 kilometers per hour. And they would have been willing to go down the hill at about 40 kilometers per hour to see how that felt and how they could control it And what would happen? But they never did. Because they feared feeling judged by comparison to the people around them that were going down it at 60 kilometers per hour and going over the ramp. They feared feeling inadequate because of that. Because they saw that if they couldn't do it at 60 kilometers per hour now, that those current skills that they had were concrete and therefore they were inadequate. They chose the concrete definition and label of inadequate on themselves instead of seeing their skills as something that they could practice and hone. They feared starting where they actually were with their current skills. And they feared taking their authentic next step and honing those skills. The result was they didn't do anything. So there was no experience, no practice, no improvement of skills. The result, they judged themselves by comparison. And they came up with the label inadequate. And left the event feeling judged by comparison and inadequate and did not take any action step 
to get the result that they wanted. So my friends, I want you to pay attention here to this fear. It is a real fear. It's not a fear to just get over, as most people would say. Oh, just, you know, just do it. Get over it. You'll get over the fear. Just do it enough. No, it is a fear to lean into and find where your authentic next step would be. Find where you are choosing to feel judged or inadequate by comparison for being in your journey of life and taking your next authentic step, your next step to your full actualization of your greatness. And what I want you to see is that you are letting this fear trick you into choosing ahead of time to feel judged inadequate by comparison. Okay? Don't let that fear do that to you. Take your step. It's not inadequate. You're not on this other person's journey. So stop comparing your next step to theirs. What you will learn and accomplish through this journey will be different than what they learned and accomplished. You're not on the same journey as them. Even if you think you're both going after the same result, the result will be different because what you will learn and what they will learn will be totally different. And that's, that my friend is the power of going after your goals. That's the result that's truly powerful is what you learn along the way. Okay, so the next fear is fear of getting hurt emotionally. This fear here and its illusion is all about not seeing your emotional responsibility. We've talked about emotional responsibility before. You create your emotions with your thoughts and beliefs. Remember that emotions come from that. They come from your thoughts and beliefs about something or a circumstance. They don't come from other people or from circumstances. And when you react to this fear and don't lean into it, what happens is that you choose to not act on something that you want. You choose to judge yourself ahead of time by comparison or judge yourself as inadequate or any other label that you might use to call yourself something to justify your choice of not taking the action that is genuine for you. And do you know what you feel when you judge yourself this way and label yourself as something that you don't actually want to be labeled as? And you do this in order to justify not taking the action that you want to take? Guess what you feel? You feel emotional hurt and suffering. So my friends, if you are afraid of hurting emotionally as a result of taking an action that you want to take, and therefore you choose not to take that action to avoid that fear, you just chose to feel emotional hurt and suffering anyway. So this fear, again, its illusion is that it will convince you to choose what you're afraid to feel ahead of time in order to avoid feeling something that you don't want to feel in the future. So lean in and pay attention. Lean in and pay attention. And remember to start at your step, not someone else's. Emotional hurt is real, and it hurts. But recognize you have a choice of whether or not you want to create it in yourself. You have the power there. So start where you are and take that next step that's a little bit uncomfortable for you and choose not to judge yourself. Lean in and pay attention here. Okay, next fear. Fear of being trapped in a decision. This kind of relates to the fear of FOMO, fear of missing out, but it's a little bit different. And the way that I want to talk about it today is a bit different than fear of missing out. So this fear is based in the rigid belief territory, the fear of being trapped in a decision. Remember when we talked about rigid beliefs versus uncompromising beliefs. With rigid beliefs, they're rooted in the what and the how. Uncompromising beliefs are rooted in the why. The same concept applies here. When you make a decision, if you know the why of making that decision, if the decision does not get you the result that you want, you never trapped yourself in that decision. 
you know your why. And you learn, you adapt, and you make a new decision of the next action that you want to take to create a different result. So where I see this playing out quite often, it plays out in a lot of other areas, but I think if I give this example here, it's going to kind of drive this this fear home. You might start to recognize it in your life. I see this play out most frequently in fear of either starting relationships or evolving relationships, especially romantic ones. But it's not, not necessarily limited to romantic ones. You see, people don't explore romantic relationships or take steps in those relationships because of a fear of being stuck with that decision. My friends, this is never true. Even with marriage, and I know some of you are going to be upset with me for saying that, but there is always the option in marriage of divorce. That's always an option. Leave it on the table. It doesn't mean anyone is bad or wrong. Divorce doesn't mean that anyone did anything wrong. It just might be where the relationship evolves to. But there's also always the option to choose to communicate with love and be open about true desires in life and expectations and needs and wants and to communicate misunderstandings and to talk lovingly in that relationship about changing the terms of previously made decisions in that relationship based on that new information that was gained by having made the decisions previously and taking action on them. You're never stuck in a relationship or stuck in a decision in a relationship or really anywhere in life. This fear also goes into the fear of judgment that somehow we are bad or wrong if we make a decision, take action on it, learn from it, and maybe the lesson that we learn is that we don't want to continue making the decision that we made. My friends, what I want you what I want you to see here, especially when it comes to marriage, is that marriage is not a one-time decision choice at the altar. It's a daily choice even an hourly choice, a minutely choice, a second-by-second choice. And both people in the relationship choose it that frequently. Or they realize that they don't want to anymore. That is the reality of how it works. And if it's not working and you choose that you don't want to keep making the choice of marriage anymore, then choose that. Or if you choose that the choices that we've made up until this point about this relationship are no longer working and I want to make new choices for this relationship for it to work, then choose that and communicate lovingly about it. But here's the thing. A decision does not make a person more good or more bad for making that decision and then choosing later to stop making that decision. It doesn't make a person bad or wrong for having made the decision in the first place. That's not the truth. That's not how learning works. Okay? That's not how the human experience works. So the illusion of this fear is this. If you fear being trapped in a decision and therefore choose not to take action because you can't or you think you can't out of fear of being trapped in a decision, guess what? You just chose to make a decision to not take action and you trapped yourself in that decision. So... What you were fearing and trying to avoid, you just decided to do it and feel it anyways. So if you choose not to take action on something because you fear being stuck in that decision, you just chose to be stuck in a decision. So you're not avoiding it. Again, the fear will convince you if you react to it to do the very thing that you're afraid of happening. Notice that common theme here, my friends. It's intentional that there's a reason why that's there. All right, so the last fear that I want to talk about is fear of fear. 
I talked about it at the beginning of the episode, and I want to say it again. My friends, fear is not bad. We need to stop seeing it as something bad. Feeling afraid is your ally. It's your friend. It is something inside of you asking for your undivided and careful attention, saying, hey, there's a belief here. There's something here that you're limiting yourself with. You're not allowing yourself to see your amazingness, your badassery of being a real, powerful human being. And you're choosing to let this belief stop you from living that life that you're designed to live. And I want you to lean in and hear this belief and these thoughts that you're having. I want you to see them for what they are and I want you to get through them and I want you to show up in life as that empowered loving person that you are on the inside. That's what your fear is. That's what it's trying to say. Fear is your friend. The moral of this podcast is not that we should not be afraid. It's that when we feel afraid, if we react to that fear instead of leaning in, then we're bound to create the very thing that we fear creating. But if we lean in and feel that fear fully for what it is, and see through it to the friend that it is on the other side, we end up creating such powerful, fulfilling, and loving lives. But what I see people doing is not leaning in. And then they end up just creating the very thing that they think that they're avoiding by fearing the fear and running away from it, not listening to it, not leaning in, and numbing themselves out with food, with alcohol, with television, with social media, with getting in arguments, with so many things in life that they choose to numb themselves out from facing and leaning into their friend of fear. When you fear fear, you choose to see fear as something to be afraid of and something that you should not feel. But fear is an emotion that will happen in life. It's not something you can avoid as a human or that you want to. So choosing to fear fear, you don't avoid feeling it. And when you try to avoid feeling it, guess what you do? You fear fear, so you feel it anyways. Again, the illusion of fear is that it gets you, if you react to it instead of leaning in, it gets you to feel the very thing that you're afraid to feel. So what can we take from this? What can you do? What I want you to start doing is the next time you notice a fear in your life, and notice yourself choosing to not do something that you genuinely want to do, that's a true want for you in life, that's deep and visceral, in order to avoid feeling something that you're afraid to feel, I want you to pause. Do a little pattern disrupt here. Start telling yourself the truth. Start telling yourself, currently, I am experiencing the emotion of fear. Fear is present right now. Fear can't kill me unless I choose to fear fear so much that I let it kill me. So first, be honest with yourself that you're experiencing fear. That's okay. That's not bad. That's not wrong. Then I want you to recognize, again, that fear cannot kill you. And then I want you to lean into that fear with curiosity. Bring out the curiosity. Start asking it questions. And when you do this, the knowledge inside that fear is the solution to the fear. So lean in with curiosity and start lovingly asking questions, lovingly and compassionately, and begin uncovering what is there to show you. Begin seeing the boundaries in your life that you've put up that it wants to show you, that are able to come down so you can start showing up in your life unstoppably. 
That's what your fear wants to show you. Fear is that friend that's willing to be hated by you enough that it's going to keep knocking on the door saying, I'm still here. I'm still here and I still believe in you. I'm still here and I still believe in you that you can take these walls down and show up in your life the way you want to show up. Fear is here to say that to you. Fear is your friend and I'm not just saying that and throwing it around lightly. It is such a powerful truth. Fear is your most powerful and loyal friend. And when you lean into it, it becomes one of those friends that you are so grateful to have with you on your journey in life because it's the one friend that believes that you can show up as more than what you're showing up as in your life right now. So let's start letting go of that behavior pattern of reacting to fear and fearing fear. Start letting go of that. Let's start inviting it into our life like the loyal, loving, and powerful friend that's always been there for you. That is what I want you to see happening when fear shows up in your life. I want you to see yourself inviting it in. That is what I want to see happening in everyone's life that's listening to this episode. I want you to start inviting your fear in like the loyal and loving friend that is has always been there for you. So my friends, I'm going to leave you here with this message. I'm here to help and guide any one of you into and through this journey of making your fear your friend. My links are in the show notes as always, so reach out. I'm here to take your hand and I would be so happy to do so. Okay? I love you all so much and I want you to go into the end of this week and into next week with an excitement about feeling fear. When it comes up, get excited. Something big is about to happen. I want you to greet it with open arms and I want you to let your power of creation and love flow out into your life until next week when I see you. Okay? I wish you all the most power and insight here. And until we meet again here next week, ciao. Hey, thank you for listening in this week. I hope you enjoyed the content of this episode. If you did, please subscribe or follow this podcast to receive the newest episodes every week as I bring them to you here on the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. Ratings, reviews, and comments are always appreciated. These allow me to know more of what my listeners would like in the podcast and allow for more people who may be searching for a podcast just like this one to find the Connect Your Health to Life coaching channel. If you would like more information about me and the work that I do with my clients one-on-one, then please visit my website at www.slch.ch. Again, that is www. Dot S-L-C-H dot C-H. You can also find me on social media on Instagram at Seth Lusk underscore coaching. Again, that is Seth Lusk underscore coaching and on Facebook in my free Facebook group community called A Healthy Life Connection. We would love to have you in the group and it's only three membership questions that you have to answer to join. And again, it's entirely free. And if you need any further information or just want to say hello, feel free to send me an email directly at slusk.health at slch.ch. Again, that is slusk.health at slch.ch. Thank you again so much for listening, and I look forward to our next time together. Ciao.